0: Welcome again to another edition of the Southwest Climate Podcast. As always, I'm here with Mike Krimmins. Mike, how are you doing today? Hey, Zach. Monsoon 2016. It's in the books. Recap. This is the, the monsoon recap edition, so we're going to go through and tell everybody what happened in the monsoon. And I must say, I'm fairly disappointed in the second half of the monsoon.
1: You weren't even here for the second half of the monsoon.
0: The only thing it appears that I missed is uh, one major event that happened because of tropical storm Newton, Newton. the remnants, Newton, yep. in in mid September, but from August 10th, August 11th until Newton, it was a very a very quiet period. But before we talk about the second all half right. of the monsoon, all let's right. let's run a little statistics measured at the airport, and admittedly, this is not the measure of the monsoon. The, and
1: you're talking the airport,
0: the, the Tucson Capital T Capital the a, Airport, the, the Tucson airport. International okay. Airport.
1: We're all monsoon activity is centered. Where it is the center of the monsoon universe. Where
0: we've cued our monsoon discussion. Have you ever thought about what, what the coverage of that
1: opening of that gauge is relative to the surface of the earth?
0: <laughs> it's pretty small. I haven't thought of that, but I, I've often thought about why that <laughs> station gets less precipitation than stations around it, right?
1: Yep. It never rains enough where you are. That's basically what it is. No, yep. but I, th- I think you're right. We we've talked a little bit about this. I we are kind of off the cuff here as far as saying that that is actually the dry spot, but it does when we sort of look at observations across town with these different networks, it can come in on a little bit on the low side, and that could be deserving some more analysis. That it is a bit of a low spot and kind of pretty far away from most of the mountain ranges that would drive a lot of the thunderstorm activity into Sun during the summertime. So it's kind of a it's kind of a pessimistic portrayal of monsoon totals often.
0: Okay. But 7.4, I believe. Yep. From through, June through, 15th mm-hmm. through September 30th. That's right. Yep. Okay. But so we're, we're around the 17th down. or 18th wettest on record. It's, it, it was above average at the uh, Tucson airport. <clears throat> so by many accounts- it was not a bust. It was not a bust. And nope. it wasn't a bust for much of Southeast- Arizona. In fact, if you look at the spatial pattern of the monsoon, the two areas that fared well were Southeast Arizona and Northwest Arizona. Yeah, And we're only talking about Arizona. We should get to New Mexico, but we'll put that that on on the back burner right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of Cochise County uh, experienced above average precipitation. Uh, The eastern part of Pima County, yeah, most of Graham County, all the way up until Pinal County, up until about Eloy.
1: Yeah, you get that break, hours. sort of that break about Eloy into the Phoenix area. A bit dry activity it was it was more dust than anything that rolled through there much of the monsoon season. And Gila County, too, is, is a bit interesting. It looks like um, some of the lower parts of Gila County ended up
0: missing out on quite a bit of that activity as well. Most of our activity, however, was on the front side of the monsoon before mid, mid-August.
1: The center of action for the monsoon, and I think we talked about this a little bit last month, too, is really that kind of July 15th through August 15th period. For much of the state. It kind of wandered around a bit and moved a little bit more to the northwest as we went into sort of the later half of August. Um, that activity sort of picked up up there. And then um, September was kind of a mishmash of, I think you and I were calling it sort of monsoon leftovers, um, sort of weird, not, well, that's kind of what September is down here is could be tropical storm, could be sort of early season kind of winter type storms trying to push in, interacting with that subtropical moisture. And we kind of had, a, had everything, including A cutoff low pressure system that did a double loop across the the Southwest. See,
0: I missed that. So when was that? You were here.
1: It was. It was over the last week or so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently
0: I wasn't paying attention.
1: (laughs) I mean, it was. It was a. And again, it's not um, unprecedented. We actually had one last year. We had a cutoff low wander across the Southwest twice.
0: That brought more precipitation, if I remember. Uh, this one wasn't bad though. Yeah. I mean, if
1: you remember, it rained. I think we we had rain five out of seven days the last week of the month here in mm. Tucson. It didn't do quite as much. I think up north, it was a little bit more focused on south here. Is that really the monsoon? Uh, n- <laughs> no. You just Mike, Mike just freaked out. <laughs> I did. So you never asked that question. Never.
0: Yeah, that was that was that was good. I'm gonna have to get you to make that sound again.
1: <laughs> that goes on my soundboard. I think that we have fallen into this thing that we do as climatologists of of the sort of lumping versus splitting of whether or not that drop of rain counts as monsoon or not. I'm now sort of coming to terms with the June 15th through September 30th monsoon designation right. as some hard bounds for us to take a look at the season and to do some things like we've been doing which is totaling up looking at activity and then calling, calling the season over. The the trick is, is though, like, so it rained in Tucson the last two mm-hmm. days over the weekend, which were the first and second of October. They were qualitatively exactly the same as the kind of rain that we had the last week of September. But we counted, you know, the September 30th hard edge, right. the totals from the previous part of the week go to the monsoon. This October rain, now that we've accumulated the last couple of days, is going to go towards. I could really use
0: that October October rain. It was a pretty decent rain the yesterday. The rain that we yeah. got in 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 October would that have put me close to the nine inches that I <laughs> that I that I bet on?
1: If you ran around with your rain gauge and we're looking for the heaviest parts of the storm, you might have you might
0: have upped it. I was feeling pretty good after July. I felt like we had a decent chance of you know coming in top ten precept here. At,
1: what was the, where was that all that
0: optimism coming from? It was it was based on nothing.
1: It was because you were still glowing from your El Nino forecast. It,
0: it, it was a little bit of that. I, I was actually riding high from that. You were
1: you were glowing. You were glowing with the misery of all of us that were counting on that. It was not scientifically forecast. derived. No, I could tell.
0: I could Th- tell. This year, again, using the Tucson Airport as the judge, which admittedly is wrong. And we can talk a little bit more about how variable the precipitation It's a good judge if you win. That's it is a good always, judge. And yeah. I didn't win, but if you're using it as a judge, then this year's precipitation, as you said, came in 17th or 18th since 1948. So it's mm-hmm. so a pretty good. It's in the upper tercile. If I was making a tercile forecast, I'd have verified. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a low bar, my friend. Yeah, it is it's a low a bar. a low bar.
0: <laughs> but if you look across. Just the greater Tucson area, there was quite a bit of spatial variability. Everybody, everybody that knows about the monsoon, everybody that lives in the Southwest knows about the spatial variability. We had 25 inches measured at the top of Mount Lennon. Yep. Tucson, sort of a little bit north of University of Arizona, tallying around anywhere between 10 and 12, 13 inches of rain. That's, right. that's fairly... That's fairly substantial. Full oh, year, four a full year of rain. <laughs> it's not bad. You know, we're only yeah. talking a couple, a couple miles, four or five miles from the, uh, from the airport.
1: Yeah, the um, center of town with a couple of the rain log observations you see at flood control. I think you see it in some of the Kokohos gauges. Is that parts of Middle Tucson, you know, had multiple two inch events, like two or three, two inch daily totals, which is pretty good. You know, getting one of those in one spot any given summer is You'd notice that, but they got it multiple times.
0: So the southeast portion of Arizona fared well. Let me just tally up some some numbers here. The Tucson airport came in at 7.4. Uh, its average was a little over six. The Douglas airport uh, measured 10.3 inches of rain. Its average was 7.9. The Nogales Airport came in at about 11.6 inches. Its average was around 10 and a half. So all of these are a bit above average. The Sierra Vista station reported about 10 inches, and its average is close to 8.5. Bisme came in a little bit below average at 10.32, but its average is 10.6. Mm-hmm. So, so the Safford Airport, above average, 4.8, uh, where the average is 4.4. The Wilco- Wilcox was probably the uh, the most above average of all of these. It had precipitation at 9.6, and its average is about Mm 6.5. Picacho Peak, 6.1, and its average is about 3.6. Okay, so the picture is clear that the southeast Arizona had a pretty active uh, monsoon season. Yeah,
1: I think southeast did quite well. I mean, if you look at the frequency of the precip across especially sort of Douglas, southern uh, Santa Cruz County, and a little bit Tucson. It really kind of falls off as you get towards Tucson was that there was the counts and the numbers of days was quite high and the totals were quite high. So you, you built up that seasonal total with pretty even frequent distribution as you go through the season. And that you get into Tucson is a little bit more of that June, that unusual June event that really pushed up our total over, you know, almost two inches occurring um, just right around July 1st and prior. So in that June 15th to July 1st period, almost two inches, July 15th or August 15th was another good stretch for us. And then we had these sort of strange dribbles and drabs of precip, including Tropical Storm Newton in in September that really put us above average.
0: And then the other center of action, broadly speaking, in terms of the monsoon season was northwest part of the state. Yep. That had a different flavor, whereas um, southeast Arizona, what we were just talking about, came it was basically front-loaded. The northwest part of the state was more backloaded. You
1: know, it was interesting that June event really was primarily confined to the sort of southeast Tucson area. It wasn't even all of southeast Arizona if we kind of look at the beginning of the monsoon season. the couple of those wet days were kind of, you know, it was actually northeast Pima County, northwest Cochise County. Uh, and Tucson proper got sort of hammered with that. And again, at that airport gauge really pushed up those totals. Wasn't as big of an event as you went further north. There was a little bit of activity that came out of that when you got towards Kingman. Pretty slow, though, as you went through that busy period for us in July. Northwest really wasn't seeing a lot of that activity. A couple of days here and there. And it was later on as we went, as it slowed down here in uh, southeast Arizona, in August, in the second half of August, it actually got busier as you went up sort of Phoenix and then northern areas there. And it was really because we'd sort of shifted into this sort of not really monsoony pattern of more of sort of a fall transition pattern where-
0: So westerly flow. Yeah, we're
1: getting this sort of southwesterly flow, these low pressure systems sliding in out of the Gulf Gulf of Alaska and all the way down here. And that was interacting with the monsoonal tropical moisture just in the south. And when you do that, you start to, you can really get fairly strong storms that occur across the northern part of the state. become They, they act a lot more like uh, kind of Great Plains uh, cold front type storm events at that point.
0: So it also seemed like there was more of a persistent low pressure system, permanent feature off the sort of western, northwestern, well actually it's more like British Columbia. It w- was it displacing the sort of monsoon high that we had talked to slightly slightly south and and, and making us more under westerly flow?
1: Yeah, the, the kind of the weather scale variability, if you look at the whole monsoon season was, I think, and this is just if you look at the difference from the normal pattern, so the difference from average patterns across the weather maps for the whole globe. It looks like there was a a fairly active kind of wave train across higher latitudes. So the sort of, you know, wiggles in the jet stream, you know, up across sort of the kind of the latitude between Canada and North America, if you go all the way around the globe. Ridges and troughs and fairly progressive pattern there. And what we did see was across the Pacific Ocean, there was sort of a ridge, trough, ridge pattern across that region. And that ridge became quite strong and quite pronounced at periods of time across the North Pacific And on the other side of that ridge, you'd expect to see these little low-pressure systems Mm -hmm. sort of slide off that ridge. And that would then put them... Down through the Pacific Northwest and then through the sort of Intermountain West, which I think really was sort of hammering our subtropical ridge from the north and kind of shoving it around, pushing it out of position.
0: Right. I mean, if you looked at the uh, the maps, the 500 millibar maps for the most part of August, we were. It seemed like we were under westerly flow.
1: Yeah, and some some of our sort of favorite blogs had had noted that was that by August 15, it looked like fall. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, we, we really were, we seem to have been in the more, the most sort of traditional, typical incarnation of the monsoon from about July 15th through August 15th, which is that kind of is the sort of the heart of the monsoon when you've got, you know, you're, you're past June 21st, sort of highest subsolar point latitude-wise and longest day of the year. And then you get that sort of lagged surface heating that goes through there. Uh, Tropical storm activity is starting to sort of ramp up. And you've got all the ingredients that really kind of point towards that period as being the peak of the monsoon season. It certainly was the case. It's not to say that you wouldn't in other years see more of that activity extend into late August and early September. We just didn't. You know, we had other sort of factors that seemed to be at play that really kind of broke it down and put us more into this Sort of transition pattern, fall transition pattern, very long protracted Mm -hmm. fall transition pattern, as we even saw within the last couple of days.
0: What do you think it would take to completely shut down the monsoon? Can we can we shut down them? What do you think the 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 worst case monsoon scenario would be?
1: Um, Probably advancing uh, ice sheets. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going back to last glacial maximum? (laughs) So what was the monsoon like in the last glacial maximum? I, I don't remember. I, I I don't know.
0: Do you think we got any precipitation?
1: I you know this is where you get into sort of the I think pack rat middens in the the uh, paleoclimate work down here that I do not in any way have at the tips of my fingers.
0: So okay, so what's the reverse? What's the best case scenario? Uh but, geez. I mean if we would have if you would have taken the first half of the monsoon or maybe the first 40% of the monsoon and just replicated it. We would have Come out with I don't know you know the top five let's let's say see I don't think it scales quite linearly yeah, it like it, that right yeah it doesn't you know scale I mean? literally like that but I guess the thought experiment is is there's two which would be really interesting to do what does it t- what does it take to shut down the monsoon you know can you actually shut down the monsoon
1: it's not like a thing it's not like a giant hockey puck that you just sort of move out of the way and I think that we kind of talked about that. It's a bit of the sausage making. You know, it's all that weather scale variability, and it's all these sort of features and small scale variability and weather scale variability sort of aligning to set up events that will create precip at very small scales. And then sometimes they'll scale up and they'll be sort of widespread. Think back through the monsoon season. What are some of the best wide scale precip events we've had? Um,
0: So just in terms of the total precipitation, I think the highest is close to 14 inches
1: at at the airport. For Tucson, I think that we had kind of we were talking about this last. Week, it was 1964, yeah, and I don't, I don't remember what the the sort of typology of events that went into it. But again, you know, every every monsoon season is a, is 108 days the way we've defined it now of weather scale variability at that spot, right. and it's going to be this mishmash of transition events with you know approaching low pressure systems, decaying tropical storms, easterly waves, the errant heavy, slow-moving thunderstorm that happens to cut through the middle of right. Tucson.
0: Gulf surges.
1: Yeah. The, the, we didn't talk about gulf surges. You know, the sort of the setup of the synoptics that are going to allow persistent moisture to either be sort of guided in through surge event or actually be drawn up through the position of a low-pressure system kind of off to our west. Like, shutting it down would be like flipping down five different switches rather right. than one.
0: If you look at the airport's data, the... Least amount of precipitation in June for the airport is zero. It doesn't get a lot of precipitation in June. Right. There has been, in July, a year that tallied only a trace. Bomber. Yeah. What was ha- that? 1995. Whoa. Yeah, not too long ago. Miserable. So in August, what do you think the lowest value in August is?
1: Uh, A quarter of an inch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well wow. i think yeah. are, I'm you a climatologist. Che- are you cheating?
1: No, I'm actually not. So
0: September, what's the lowest value? Zero. Zero. Yeah, you are cheating. I'm not. I'm not cheating. <laughs> okay, so th- following th- your so, thought experiment. Yeah. So my thought experiment is, if you combine all of these low values, admittedly at different years, uh-huh. you can come out with a quarter of an inch, or basically zero, right? <laughs> I <laughs> now what's I the I love re- following your logic. Yeah. On what's these? What, I
1: love your like sort of Lego experiment of building the worst <laughs> the, climate year ever.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we have to put that together. But then the the converse is the best. So what? How much do you think if you put the 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 highest monthly totals together for those four months, four three and a half months? What do you think that comes in at? Now keep in mind that the that the that the record precip was what you said in sixty. What did you say sixty five? Yeah, sixty four was in like, was about four. Thirteen inches. Right. Yeah. What do you think the highest value is? Okay, so I'll say,
1: I don't know, fifteen inches.
0: Twenty. Twenty. Twenty one. What How year would that be? Would
1: yeah, be com- signaling end times if that all sort of stacked up, right? And it's never happened. I mean, well, okay, I say that in in our very narrow, small yeah, we don't know the full instrumental. Range of yeah, our instrumental record is is woefully short and, and incomplete.
0: I should add that that's looking at the current date all the way back to eighteen ninety eight which is... I that's think, the full... Yeah, yeah, that's
1: that's the mishmash of different observing sites in yeah. Tucson. For the airport. It's yeah, not composited just... Composited yeah. together. Right. right, yeah. The gauge... That's right. You and I were kind of doing a little investigation on this. And the airport gauge, which is south of town, if you've ever driven here, the early part of that record is actually on campus right. from the U of A campus and where the that early
0: Tucson record... Was which from. can actually, as we've seen this year, produce quite different can be precipitation weird. amounts. Yeah. Yep. Not too far north of campus right here, tallied... 10, 11 inches, right. whereas the airport came in at uh, six and a half, seven and a half. What was that? That was July
1: of 95 Had zero? 0. 0.04. 0. 0.04. So that's that's kind of a bummer. This is interesting. I just pulled that plot up. By August, I don't know, 7th or 8th, one day, two inches of rain. Oh, this is such a good year to, to talk about. So there's two. There's two e- so it's interesting. There were, by August 7th or 8th, you had about... 0. 0.04 inches, right? So that was all that was recorded at the airport. Wow, the airport what a then bummer. gets 2 inches of rain and then gets a subsequent like 2 weeks of rain every other day of about half an inch. Goes up to about almost 4 inches. So it's almost back on average by the beginning of September. Gets one event at the end of September. It's up, so it's closing out the monsoon at about 4 inches. Everybody's just totally bummed. Gets one 2-inch event <laughs> Nails it. So it's it a three-pointer at the buzzer, <laughs> and it goes to average. It nails average of just a yeah, little and over. And so six that is why inch. you can't yeah.
0: just look at the. the no, final it's just. I mean, like crazy. The, yeah, we the evolution to, of that is right. is, that is very interesting. That
1: is a normal year, right in the middle of the record. It's about it's was the 32nd wettest out of about 68 years in that record, and has this horrible pattern of precip through the season. Okay, so that's probably normal. I mean, that, I mean, well, okay, that's extreme. But the idea of this spatial and temporal variability is really the hallmark of the monsoon season. If you had to describe
0: this monsoon, condensing the spatial Are and you temporal variability. This every year? I do. Yeah. I do. Every and year. You have, to a, give it, you have a great, like, I don't know, some analogy or, or uh, some quippy way of saying. Yeah. And
1: I, I think I've gone through everything from we tried letter grades, we tried <laughs> ice cream flavors. We could, I mean, what we about could movies? Do, what about movies? That's a good idea. (laughs) I
0: think, you know what? I think this monsoon season is like for me, it's like a fantasy movie. Fantasy has a tendency to never live up to the expectations that it sets up because it promises so much. Jump the shark. Yeah. And it's like as soon as it gets to the point where it has to articulate the, the world that doesn't exist, but that's possible. Yeah. It implodes.
1: I know. That was lost for me
0: that yeah, lost is another yeah. one worst 96 hours of my life I know
1: by the end of it I was like I want him back <laughs> yeah. yeah no you're basically saying so should I say the last 30 days of monsoon I want him back
0: yeah well that's that's how I feel I mean like it was like it promised so much and and I mean you admittedly, know, I you know it this is psychological with you because
1: you were riding so high off of your pessimism the El nino this monsoon was like it couldn't deliver more it, for me I went in my bar was so low by June I it could have rained twice at my house and I would have been like that's fantastic that's so good
0: so the uh the four corners region was was pretty dry this year the, the wetter places were southeast Arizona northwest Arizona and then you know the 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 other corners you know the yuma area which is which isn't all that surprising that it's dry cuz it doesn't get much rain to begin with but then the 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 four corners region northwest i you uh, know excuse me
1: i think that it was not a bust. We've had drier summers, and there's been a couple of recent summers that have been much, much more miserable. So I think that all indications there were it was not a washout. It was not like some of the epic flooding that we saw in some of the Septembers right. of past. Some of the remote sensing imagery shows, shows that that patchwork of um, wet and dry conditions. But overall, I don't I don't think it was a complete loss up there. I think that. When we look at below-average conditions across Arizona, in particular, the far southwest corner of the state was really the spot that, you know, there was Yuma hadn't seen any precip all the way up through. I don't think I think they recorded their first bit of rain uh, sometime later in August. Mm. So, and again, not and terribly. It got some Newton it got a little a um, No, little actually, they they, missed, they did they got very little, if any, of the Newton activity um, from that event. That that Newton core of the precip really was from Santa Cruz, Eastern Pima County and up through uh, Graham and Mm Greenlee and Safford, which had not had a whole lot of activity picked up, I think close to three or four inches with Newton coming across. So a lot of their seasonal totals is out of that tropical event. And again, it was a long duration, fairly low intensity. It was fairly moderate intensity for part of that event. So that turned into a pretty decent event just for fairly lately timed. We're talking about totals.
0: What about New Mexico? I'm looking at the the maps here. Only 10% of the state really at the end of the by the end of the year or by the end of the season was below 75% of average. Between 10 and 55%. So 45% of the state was near average. And then what? 45% was above was above average. That's that's actually Pretty darn good. If, it's yeah, I think it's not bad. Without looking but, at the historical pattern,
1: you know, just watching some of the the sort of internet traffic across New Mexico, was that they had some fairly pronounced slow stretches. Though they were concurrent when we slowed down, but they had some they had some slow stretches of their own. If you look at Albuquerque in particular, uh, Albuquerque ended up being below average for the season, and they ended up having just a little over three inches, and they should see a little bit above four. The interesting thing was that their frequency of precip was pretty close they had about 23 days of precip but a lot of those days were light mm. and you you did hear you know folks noting that they they did not have a single total that was above half an inch the entire season then previous years you know you'd seen some sort of the sort of twitter traffic of sort of epic flooding through the middle of albuquerque and didn't really see that and some long stretches were dribbles here dribbles there you know other parts of the state again as the monsoon kind of goes did pick up better activity. Newton traced through the far western part of the state and delivered some pretty good precept to the Gila. They had a couple of other days that ramped up, but I don't know. I don't I you know those totals look probably pretty good, but I don't know if anybody will really say this was a sort of a knockdown, drag out, awesome monsoon in, in Albuquerque. I'm could wait- be,
0: could be wrong though. I'm waiting for the for the monsoon season that brings twenty one inches. <laughs> it's
1: cute. I'm gonna, I'm sad to see. I'm you gonna, know, if you total up precip across different gauges, you could get to 21. <laughs> so yeah, it's different ways to your these own. Numbers. Build your own monsoon. <laughs> I like. I've never seen I anybody mean, do, do that great, before.
0: Great class project. I think it's a great class Create project. Create for me. Yeah, uh uh-huh. The bang up monsoon. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, wait I'm around sad, for it. I'm sad to see this go. I got to be honest because um, the monsoon to me is uh It's the most interesting weather time. Brings the most incredible rainstorms, cloud formations. Absolutely. Oh my gosh.
1: The, the color and the sunsets and the, the clouds. You know, and I think this is quite honestly every year and everyone's got a little bit different pattern of the days that set up and where your your vantage point is. And, you know, it was even just, we were talking about this in August, but remember those storms that rolled off of the Catalinas from the Northeast? Oh, the rim, the rim shots. I, th- th- that those weekend, there was like fantastic. four days of just don't get so yeah. much active, you vigorous do, activity. Right, you don't get that every year. So yeah. we had a, you know, if you look back and- you looked at the grab bag of different, you know, pieces and parts that gave this monsoon the sort of the trail mix of the monsoon. There were a lot of good M&Ms in this particular trail mix bag that we had this year. Yeah, I'm sad to see it go, but I am honestly, I'm looking for a low dew point day. I I, (laughs) I just said this last week, this really fascinating day uh, or last week of this cutoff low that sort of traced back across the Southeast. And Just gave us day after day of morning rain, raining at seven AM and then re sprouting storms in the afternoon and then storms coming out of the southwest was fantastic and and wonderful. But you know You're over it. You know, for transplant from the Midwest and now pretty much a desert rat. I'm looking for stuff to dry out. And I'm looking for months for the mosquitoes to see if they can subside a little bit. So
0: are you gonna call on your old friend? And so? What do we have to look forward to? I mean, this is the time in, in which We've actually had our attentions on the tropical Pacific Ocean for some time. Oh my gosh. You know, yes. And there was chatter, some of the models were suggesting and, and even the historical frequency after really strong El Nino events that la a La Nino would develop. That, yes. however another curveball. The optimism yeah, another curveball. The optimism, however, has waned and like the, the best picture going forward right now is that we'll be in a uh, an ENSO neutral. Uh, winter.
1: Yeah, there's warm water everywhere. Yeah. There's just warm
0: it's <laughs> just warm water everywhere. Not there's no cold water in, uh, there in the There is cold subsurface. water. So,
1: yeah, so there's cold water on the subsurface. I think it's just having trouble connecting, you know, with the broader scale sort of atmospheric uh, reinforcement. There's some chatter from the Climate Prediction Center that there are some sort of La Nina like patterns that have emerged, but it doesn't seem like anything that's strong enough that will actually, you know, have the the pull start on the the gas motor there to kind of get it. Uh, engaged in going, so the models are now basically saying the sort of we're about half a degree below average in the the central and eastern Pacific. That's probably as deep as we're going to fall, and we'd expect to see as the season progresses that we go back towards normal. So, for all intents and purposes, we're probably looking at neutral conditions for the upcoming the upcoming winter.
0: Interestingly, as we've talked about before, you actually have a fairly high the most variability in NSO neutral conditions in terms of precipitation. I mean, we've had the two. Uh, for southeast arizona I, I believe or even most of arizona the two highest precipitation totals have been in ENSO neutral years they
1: have been but you know they're sort of they're infrequent two of them S- two, <laughs> two of them out of the last 65 years <laughs> if we look at those statistics the center of sort of gravity is right around average yeah <laughs> i think i the pessimism has now sort of settled into the deep part of my soul <laughs> with winter precip down here and i think a pessimistic look at winter precip is probably well, so, probably more appropriate
0: now. But you bring this up, and I think it's a it's a really good point. It's just easier to be dry.
1: It is easier to be dry, and, and the distribution, if you look at it, you know, from zero to those record values, it's not a perfectly normal distribution. It's actually got a long tail, um, meaning that those those uh, extreme values sort of dragged up. And if you look at sort of that median value, it's not that yeah, it's not that big. And especially for Southern Arizona, we're away from the storm track. You go further north, you get you should expect to see a little bit more. You know, there's even a little bit of pessimism in the Climate Prediction Center forecast of below average conditions being the most possible outcome. But the temperature forecast, you always bet on above average because that's just the way it is anymore. That warming trend continues. The expectation for a warmer than average winter would be the best. That's beyond. the
0: one variable that. Um you have great forecasting yeah, skill and this unfortunate skill. warming trend continuing. Yeah. Yes, you absolutely. Know, takes me back to the epic monsoon. Ah, oh,
1: Zach. So I think that you're on to something with this probably, you know, those Oculus Rift glasses, the virtual reality, <laughs> is that you could then generate your own perfect monsoon season and then uh, put up all your charts, put up your rain. You could watch it rain that much in your rain gauge. I think we're on to something.
0: You know, I'm looking at the time, Mike. I, I made you 15 minutes late for your That's next appointment. Next You're right. Okay. Well, we um, at least have documentation. <laughs> <laughs> you can blame that on me. Okay. So that was a that was a great monsoon season. Uh, thanks to everybody who have been tuning in. I we do know that the monsoon season is what usually captures many people's attention. So, uh, so yeah.
1: Now we're under the doldrums. Yeah. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> the rest of you, always just wait again until it rains again.
0: And we'll try not to bore everybody with incessant talk about uh, El Nino and La Nino. Well, I think
1: that we'll still, you know, I think na- maybe next time we get together, we could, we could think about drought conditions, the sort of the water year and recap, and then, you know, look forward to what does make for an interesting uh, winter season across the Southwest.
0: Let's build the worst case winter and the best case winter. All right. That sounds good. We've got
1: plenty of worst case ones in our back pocket right right recently, so sounds good.
0: All right. Um, Okay. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Zach. The Southwest Climate Podcast is a production of CLIMAS, which is part of NOAA's Regional Integrated Science
1: and Assessment Program and is housed at the University of Arizona Institute of the Environment.
0: Mike Crimmins is a principal investigator with CLIMAS, a professor of soil, water, and environmental science in the College of Agriculture
1: and Life Sciences, and climate extension specialist with the University of Arizona Cooperative Extension. Zach Guido is a research scientist with the Institute of the Environment and UA Program Manager of the International Research and Applications Program. The podcast is edited and produced by Ben McMahon, Research, Outreach, and Assessment Specialist
0: with Klimas. That leaves me speechless, which is fitting, because I'm about ready to launch into the Southwest Climate Podcast.